0: Uh yeah, that might help. Alright. We'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, I'm going to probably the next, probably next week for sure. Uh, maybe maybe even the next two weeks. I kind of want to stay on this subject a little bit. But um, tonight I'm going to speak on, the title of my message is Get your finances in order and that that might sound pretty bold you know hey wait this church we're supposed to talk about spiritual things yet at the same time uh it's like people like you know you in church you're not supposed to talk about money you know don't mess with people's finances it's none of your business and that's true it's not any of my business however uh, we are supposed to preach what's in the word of god and there's a lot in the bible concerning finances and we're also supposed to preach things that are supposed to help people, and you know, help. We want families to be stronger, we want individuals to be stronger, and financial problems. It, I mean, it really—it's—it's it's, it's literally killing people. Not only spiritually, but uh, physically, it's killing people. It's, uh, I believe, the number one cause of divorce. I mean, and a lot of, or at least not one of the leading causes of marriage problems is just financial stress people can't get on the same page uh they're stressed out they're worried and fighting gets going and boy it just it it gets difficult it gets really ugly and so i think it's definitely something that should be talked about in church and uh i was reading something online but it said there's 15 things financial or 15 ways financial stress affects you physically and one lost sleep and You might think, ah, no big deal. But you know, when you don't get enough sleep, it affects your immune system, doesn't it? When I when I get behind on my sleep, that's usually when I start getting sick. And when everything finally catches up with me, but and sometimes financial stress, it'll keep you up awake at night. If you're having financial problems, that's less money that you have for preventative care. Well, if you're struggling financially, well, you're not going to you're going to cut back on things like the vitamins and stuff and Good things that you could be buying to help. And uh, another, increased levels of anxiety and depression. I mean, definitely a huge cause. Uh, a greater risk of cancer, heart disease, and a stroke. And I'm not going to read all the descriptions on how this works, but there, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. I can leave it up here and you can look at it at the church if you like. But um, increased heart rate and blood pressure. Uh, greater numbers of digestive problems like ulcers, constipation, and diarrhea. Uh, that's uh, this one here. Hair loss. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> maybe that, maybe maybe that's maybe that's my problem. Uh, the next one here. I don't want to read in front of kids, but it'll affect the marriage and uh, the physical relationship, and that will affect a lot of things too. If that's not right uh there's going to be a lot of other problems and financial stress can definitely hinder that uh dental issues and gum disease um, because i guess sometimes that stress will cause people in their sleep to grind their teeth and stuff and uh there's there's a description in here on how that can cause problems increased risk of diabetes it can cause stress can cause a spike in blood sugar and so that'll affect all kinds of things Breakouts and skin problems, weight gain or loss, just kind of depending on, you know, some people when they get stressed, they eat. Some people when they get stressed, they don't eat. And so, it, you know, that'll affect you. Joint pain, um, coping with stress through unhealthy behavior. Sometimes when people get stressed out, they do unhealthy things. You know, maybe they'll go, uh, you know, binge drink. Or something like that, or you know, or the binge eating and things, or sometimes just get careless and get reckless. Uh, shortness of breath, another one. And so I mean, there's, there's clearly, I mean, financial stress, it can hurt you bad physically, but not only bad physically, spiritually. Okay, and that in church, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, we focus a little more attention on. But the, at the same time, too, you know, these things all go hand in hand, and so. Uh, we're going to look tonight at what just a few things I got a few things I want to look at that the Bible says about finances. And notice in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17 it says now God's talking about uh, he kind of warns a little bit that about forgetting God. It's like after you go into this land and I bless you and you know you live in houses that you didn't build and you're eating from orchards that you didn't plant. Beware, lest you forget God. And then he says in verse seventeen, "And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath got me this wealth." Boy, that's a dangerous thing to do. You know, people always talk about you know my money, and especially they'll get all huffy in church when a preacher's up there and he's talking about giving a tithe, and you know I can't, you know, this is this is my money. Or maybe the people they do they give their tithes and offerings in the church and then they don't like how the church is spending their money. Uh, and the truth is, everything you have belongs to God. And you're in a dangerous position when you're saying, my power, my hand has gotten me this wealth. And then in verse 18 it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day, it's God that gave you the power to go work that job. It's God that gave you the brain. Maybe, if, maybe you're really smart, and you know that's how you're able to make your money. Well, it's God that gave you that intelligence. It's God that gave you that brain. I mean, you might work hard physically, but it's God that gave you the strength. It's God that gave you the body that you have that, that can do that. There are some people out there that physically they can't work. They physically cannot handle the job that you have. Maybe they uh, were born with a disability. Maybe they had an accident somewhere in their life. They can't do it. You can think, well, I'm this way because of my healthy diet, because of my just discipline, and because I just know how to push through things. It's God that gave you the power to get that wealth. God gave you your abilities, and we don't ever want to forget that. And that's why I don't feel like we're stepping out of bounds at all when the Bible says... This is what you ought to do with your money, us getting up and preaching that. Because what you have, it's not yours. What you got, you didn't get it on your own. You didn't build that. You didn't build that business. And I agree with Obama in that area, but it wasn't the government that helped. It was God that helped. It was God that gave you the ability to do all those things. And we need to make sure that we give him the credit for it. Not the government, not yourself. God gets the credit for it. I don't. Know, I just thought. I just thought of that. Like I'm, I'm starting to sound like Obama, but he was almost right. Just he gave he gave the credit to the wrong person. But the first thing that you need to do, these these are simple things. But I want to show you where the Bible talks about them because they are so important. Just simple things that doing these, getting your getting your finances in order, and doing these things, it will eliminate a lot of the stress uh most of it if not if not all of it. you know there's always something you can worry about that can happen you know well, what if i have you know this you know what if i go out and total my car tomorrow or what if you know a tree falls on my house you mean there, there's always something but we're not supposed to worry about stuff like that okay and don't do that that's and that's a different message but ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 4 says when thou vowest a vow unto god defer not to pay it For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldst not vow than thou shouldst vow a vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? First thing you need to do is you need to pay your bills. Pay your bills. Now I know this here's talking about paying your vow to God, okay? But do you think that God says, "Make sure you pay your bills to me," but if it's somebody else, don't worry about it; it's not a not a big deal. No, you ought, I think this applies to others too. He said, "Suffer or don't allow your mouth to cause your flesh to sin." What's he talking about there? Well, now, back in the back in the old days. Whenever there was a financial agreement, it pretty much was verbal. I could go, I could go to you. Maybe you had some land you wanted to buy, and I said, Hey, I want that land. I will give you however many shekels for it. Today's how, however many dollars. And we'd shake hands on it, and it was all verbal. We wouldn't have to write it down. We wouldn't have to sign a whole bunch of papers. I mean, they might do some of that, but it was pretty much verbal. And after I vowed that vow, after my mouth spoke that, God expected me. And that individual expected me to do what I said I was going to do. And the same thing applies today. Now we sign things usually. We vow vows all the time. When you go, when you go down to Radio Shack, and you decide you want to look at some new self, you want to get a new cell phone, and, all right, and you decide you're going to go through Verizon, and they uh, say you've got to do a two-year contract. You're going to sign something somewhere along the way. You're going to do something agreeing to paying so much money for two years. You're vowing a vow. You're not putting your hand on a Bible and raising your hand saying, I solemnly swear to pay this. But it's the same thing. It's all in there in the fine print somewhere. You are making them a promise to pay those bills. When you bought your house or when you bought your car, you vowed vows. You made promises. You said, I will do this. When you set up, your uh If you have a landline at your house, you vowed a vow that you would pay so much then, or your cable company, whatever it is, you vowed a vow. Your electric company, when you moved into your house and you called them up and you said, hey, I need you to transfer the utilities into my name. You were vowing a vow that I'm going to pay these utilities, I'm going to pay for the gas, I'm going to pay for whatever it is. And all of these things, we, di- we didn't get drug into it, we did it. We wanted to do it. We go to, we go to stores and we say hey, I want these things. We ask for these things and then we make promises. You know, we when you bought your house, you went and looked at that house. You went to a bank and you went and signed all those papers. People didn't force you to do it. Okay? You know, nobody forces you to buy anything unless it's health care coverage. <laughs> now we are for now you are forced to buy that. Uh, that that's that's another subject there too <laughs> but you you, didn't, you weren't forced to do these things. you decided to do it and you didn't have to okay right now I don't owe I, and i I've, I've never paid any money to direct TV. i have never given them one dollar and you know what it's fine because I never promised I would pay them anything. They haven't given me any service you know, I didn't ask them for it. They they didn't just show up at my house and put a satellite on my TV and then start sending me bills expecting me to pay them. It doesn't work that way. I would have to call them up and tell them. And because I didn't make that vow, I'm not obligated. I have not sinned by not giving them any money. But if I call them up tomorrow and I tell them to come out to my house and put a satellite on my house and and then I make you know do all the verbal agreements that you can do over the phone. And then I decide not to pay my bill. And then after a couple of months, when they're calling me up, Mr. McMurtry, you've not paid your bill. And I tell them, well, you know what? I think TV's evil. There's a lot of garbage that's coming through that satellite. And I don't think you all should get any money from me. Well, that might sound noble. That might sound spiritual. But you know what? I vowed a vow. And I need to pay it. And it, I would have been. I didn't have to. I've would been better off not to do it at all. But uh, you make the promise, you need to keep it. And because the truth is, I mentioned this in this morning's message. You can't help a thief. You, you can't do it. Malachi chapter three, verse eight through twelve. Read this morning or mentioned this morning. Will a man rob God? It says yet ye have robbed me. And it says wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. If once again, you know, we shouldn't be embarrassed to even talk about these things. But that in today's economy, in today's day and age, that seems pretty extreme to talk about giving ten percent in tithe, and not only did the, tithe, the tithe is ten percent, the offerings. I don't know what that is. I don't know what number it is exactly, but it sounds pretty extreme to talk about giving that kind of money in the difficult economy that we have. But God said to do it. And He tells them in Malachi, when they robbed Him, He said, Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed Me, even this whole nation's. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I love that. I'll rebuke the devourer. He'll not destroy it. The fruits of your ground; neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. This does not make sense as far as the world's concerned, but I believe this. I'm not ashamed to say it. You will be better off financially if you tithe. God will rebuke the devourer, and you know. And I, I was throwing some. I was. Kind of throwing some numbers together uh, yesterday afternoon when I was studying for this, and uh, I was looking up because you know most of the people that that I work with and people I know uh, they don't talk, okay? They don't do it. And many people that I know they look at me and the size of my family and what I have and don't know how I do it on the amount of money I have come in. I'll, I'm here today to tell you up. Uh, I believe it's because God's rebuked the devourer. In my case, well, who is that devourer? Well, I'll tell you one of the devourers right now. I almost felt dirty looking this up, but I didn't know how much these things cost. I went online, I looked up you know twenty four pack of Bud Light. It's about twenty bucks. Okay, I don't know how much the average person you know beer drinker spends, but I see people all the time going out of Walmart with one or two of those things, sometimes more. Twenty bucks. I don't save one one of those a week. That's eighty dollars a month. I know where a lot of their tithes going. It's going to the devourer. Also, a pack of cigarettes. That's eleven bucks. Eleven, and some people smoke like a pack a day. Okay, let's say they just smoke five packs a week. That's fifty five dollars a week. That's two hundred and twenty dollars a month. I think I know where their tithe's going. The the devourer. Lottery tickets. I I looked those up. Most of those two dollars for a lottery ticket. I see people all the time at the gas station, they don't usually just buy one, they're buying several. Now I don't know how often they buy those throughout a week, but what they're buying five a week. Ten dollars a week, forty dollars a month? Know where the tithe's going. I don't know how much this costs and I didn't look it up. But I know a lot of money in America goes to things like pornography and stuff. Billions of dollars goes to that industry. Billions. And I can tell you where a lot of people's tithes are going. They're going to the devourer. And you know what? And every one of these things I mentioned too will not help your life. They will hurt your life. They will hurt your health. Because you're drinking, because you're smoking, you're going to have other health problems that are going to end up costing you money that are going to hinder your ability to work. I heard about somebody just getting fired the other day because they were chewing tobacco on the job. Not only was that an expensive, nasty habit to begin with, but now they don't have a job because of that nasty habit. I guarantee you, if they were sitting in here today and they heard me talking about tithing, they would get very offended because how would God expect them, in the financial situation that they are in, to give ten percent of what they make to God? Well, sorry, buddy, but you know, God was assuming when He said this that you know the devourer had not got to you yet. You're you're giving you're just letting Satan get it. You're letting the devil get it. And I mean and I'll, I was looking up all these statistics for this area. The average household income in Rock Falls, according to forgot the website I was on, said it was thirty two thousand dollars a year. You know, that's twenty seven hundred dollars a month. You know, just that that beer, the cigarettes, the lottery tickets, you know, doing a very conservative small amount. A lot of people probably do a lot more. I know when you go to the bars, it costs a lot more to drink. I mean guys will spend a lot of money at the bars. I mean right there that that's a tithe right there. Just if they got 124 pack of Bud Light, you know, if they bought three packs of cigarettes a week and bought five lottery tickets a week. That right there is tithe on $2700 a month. They they could tithe on that. But they're wasting it on these things that are ruining their lives and bringing it down and then they have the audacity to get offended when they hear somebody talking about tithing. So, it makes, no, it makes no sense at all. And, to, and people, they refuse to have faith. They, God said, prove me now herewith. God will bless you. He says, all, all nations will call you blessed when you do this. this you know, God can bless you. Like in the message we talked about this morning, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. It, makes, it would make God look bad if we're doing all the same wicked stuff that the lost are doing with our money if we're robbing people. If everybody here in town, if I owe money to half the businesses here in town, and then they see God blessing my life, as a result, how do you think that's going to make God look? That's going to—it's not going to make Him look good. And for His name's sake, He cannot bless me in that situation. There's consequences for stealing, whether you think it's stealing or not. I can go break into the grocery store tonight after they close and say. I needed food. I was going to starve. It's not stealing if it's to save your life. Well, you know what? Not everybody's going to agree with that. I'm probably still going to do some time for that. And people might not think it's stealing not to give to God, but it doesn't matter if you think it's stealing or not. It's still, God said it in His Word, and people today, they think, well, after I get my finances ordered, after I get to a certain position, then... I will do it. No, no I, th- I think you got it backwards. Really, I, so I, I believe your only hope—if you've been—if you've been robbing, if you've been stealing from God, your only hope is to ask for forgiveness on your debt to God. I think I, I think if somebody's been robbing God for years, I think it's very possible you could go to Him and just say, "Lord, I've been wrong in this area. Lord, I, I owe you ten thousand dollars that I can't pay." I think God would forgive you that debt. But beware. Because I'm, I'm hesitant to even say that. Because I wouldn't want anybody to ever think, oh, I can't pay this week, so I'll just go tell God I'm sorry, and it's all okay. God knows your heart. If He knows you're just trying to take advantage, then so you're not going to get away with Him. You might with me. If you owe me something, you might be able to come give me a sob story, tell you're sorry. I might believe you. And you might just be taking advantage of me. You might not want to pay me because you've got a trip to Vegas you're wanting to go on and you need some gambling money. Okay, You you might be able to deceive me. With God, you can't deceive Him. He knows your heart. He knows if you're trying to take advantage. And He knows if you're really sorry. And if you're really sorry, you won't do it again. That's You're not going to do it again if you're really sorry. Here on out, you're going to do the right thing. And also too, you know, so don't, um, we're not talking about just robbing God. Pay your bills, that's the lost people too. You know, it would be a bad testimony if you go and you know, said so you owe all these other people money in town. And you know, if Brother Lonnie, you know, you owe, you owe Brother Menez a bunch of money and he sees you putting all this money in the offering all the time and he's thinking, now I know why he can't pay me. Well, sorry Brother Menez, but I, I'd either rob you or God. And God's more important than you. Hey, you shouldn't be robbing either. Okay? And you you don't put him in a position where he's like, No, you need to rob God instead of me. You shouldn't be robbing either. Don't let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. And that's where people are at. So you're telling me that you know if I mean if I don't if I go and I give God that money, I can't feed my kids. You're telling me to take kids or food out of my kids' mouth. I'm not telling you that at all. Okay? I'm telling you, don't don't rob God. Why don't you go ahead and call up Bank of America that you owe thousands of dollars to on the credit card and say, um, so you expect me to pay you instead of feeding my kids? See how much mercy they give you. You know, why is God all, the one that's always gotta suffer as a result as a result of it? Well, it's God. He can handle it. He doesn't need it. He owes cattle on a thousand hills. And the truth is, on one hand, God doesn't need your money. But you need God to take it. And you need God to use it. So you can have his blessing. God could Still blessed, God can still provide, but He wants to do it through His people. That's how God wants to do it. And this, if we get in that situation where we're just owing everybody money and we gotta rob Peter to pay Paul, you're gonna be in so much stress that finally, you know, forget, it, I, don't, I don't even wanna come to church. I don't even wanna be here. I don't wanna have to be convicted. I don't wanna have to feel like I put money, put money in the offering. I need money too bad right now, and then you miss out all, all all the other blessings. You can't even so you're you're not if you're not here for it, I mean you might be missing something spiritual that you also really need too. And boy, get the finances order, God loves a cheerful giver. And I tell you, it is it is there's nothing more enjoyable than giving and knowing that, hey, I'm able to do this and my family's not suffering my friends aren't suffering I'm not robbing somebody else so I can pay this person I, that is a wonderful position to be in it ought to be the goal of everybody and most people they, they can't get to that point and that's, I don't want to get into another lesson but once again we, we get too greedy and in too big of a hurry trying to get too much too quick and I tell you every big financial decision we've ever made whenever we Look at what it's going to cost. It's always in the back of our mind, you know. hey, Tithes going to be in there too. We've got so much coming in, and we've got this going out. And if it starts cutting into the tithe money, we can't afford it. We can't do it. And so uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to miss out on that little extra pleasure. We might have to buy an older vehicle. We might not have to be. We might not be able to go to Disney World because tithing. And our tithes and offers are more important. But also another thing, too, very important thing to do, something you ought to do, it's biblical: is save your money, save your money. Proverbs twenty-one, verse twenty. Proverbs twenty-one, and verse twenty. I don't know what to do now. To turn to it. it. Says there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise but a foolish man spendeth it up. Oil many times in the Bible was a symbol of prosperity. And it says there's oil in the dwelling of a wise. But a foolish man, he, he spends it up. He uses all of it. Proverbs, um, oh, I'm not, not going to go there yet, but he uses it all. That's one of the things that kills people. When we first got married, we would do things like that where we would go, we paid certain bills on certain weeks all right you know this we got paid every two weeks and it's like all right this paycheck we pay these bills the next paycheck we pay these other bills and sometimes after one of our paychecks we have all this money left over hey let's go buy whatever and then all of a sudden the next paycheck comes when all these other bills are doing it's like oh man now we're flat busted broke in fact now we're in the hole we don't we don't even have enough and Finally, we got to where we started doing a budget and planning farther ahead. And if we did have extra money in our account, like, oh, wait a minute. You know, we, can't, we can't go buying this extra thing right now because you know, next month we got to buy you know, license plate stickers or, or things like that. You know, we, we, plan, we tried to plan everything out or you know, we've got a birthday coming up or, or whatever. And people all the time, they get in a situation where they have zero dollars. And so it's well, it's not there. it's not my fault I just don't make enough. Well, sometimes the fault is you know that, that is a, you know a problem sometimes not making enough, but sometimes if that is the case, sometimes we usually what it is, we just spend too much. Okay? If you're making you know 30,000 a year, you can't be spending 40. You can't do that. You're not going to be able to afford the same car payment or the same rent as somebody that's making 10, twenty thousand a year—more than you are. You have to figure those things. You have to—you have to plan for these things. You have to plan for things like for things like tithes and offerings. You—you you have to plan for saving. You have to do that. You can't use it all up. You don't want to get in a position where you have nothing because what if something comes up? What if something happens? You know, try to prepare for what you know will be coming. Not going to turn there, but Proverbs six says, "Go to the ant, sluggard; consider her ways and be wise. Having no guide, overseer, or ruler, she prepareth her meat in the summer, and that she prepares in the summer. She gathers up, she stores up, so she's ready when the winter time comes. There's going to be difficult times coming. One of these days, you're not going to be able to work like you do now. That's why it's good if you, if you to." Save for retirement. Save for when you get older. You're not always going to be. Able, I'm telling you, the job I'm doing now at Walmart. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that when I'm 34. <laughs> it's, it, it, you know, I, I think I can go that far. But you know, that's not something I would want to do forever. I don't. I don't think I could be doing that when I'm old. And it's it's something you always have to keep in the back of your mind. I'm getting older. I need to prepare for my future. That well, and you just need to trust in God. Okay, you know how we trust in God? We follow His Word. And God said, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. God said, Do like the ant and prepare for the future. So I personally believe when we save for the future, when we save for retirement and things like that, we are trusting in God. Because God never promised that we would live forever. And we don't know. You know, I've always, I always say this and. Right now, I mean it. I might change my mind when I'm older, but you know, when I get once I get to a certain age and certain health problems start happening, I just want to die of a heart attack. I mean, just boom, quick, go. I there's they got a commercial at work in the break room that comes on. I'm not even going to mention it in church, but some some items that they want they're trying they're advertising for older people to buy, and I almost vomit every time I see this commercial, and I'm just like. If I ever need one of those, I just want to die. <laughs> and maybe when I'm older, I'll think, I, I hope I don't. I just, I hate that commercial. I hate it. And, you know, I, you know, I plan on just dying of a heart attack every a certain age, but I might not. I might live a really long time, and I might have to deal with some of that stuff. I, I hope not. Boy, I just, I think I got some heart problems in my family, and sometimes I'm thankful for it. <laughs> Cause, uh, I, I, boy, I don't, I don't want that to happen. But I'm going to get older. I'm not always going to be able to do. What I'm doing now. Prepare. Um, Proverbs twenty seven verse twenty-three. This is a good verse here. Proverbs twenty-seven, twenty-three says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. And back in the Bible times, flocks and herds were another symbol of wealth. They were often used as money. Hey, I'll trade you, you know, some of my sheep for for this, for maybe building material or for some for some lumber, trees, whatever, maybe even for some land. They would trade animals all the time. And he said, Be diligent to know the state. Pay attention to what's going on. With them. Make sure you know how many you have. Make sure you know how healthy you are. Make sure you're using them wisely. Be wise with what God has given you. And be it's very important that you prepare for what you know is going to be coming. Your vehicles that you have, they're not going to last forever. Some unknown people. Their car breaks down. I don't know what the Lord's trying to tell me. I'm trying to tell you, your vehicle's getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my car ran out of gas. I'm stuck in the side of the road. I don't know what God's trying to teach me here. He's teaching you need to keep gas in the vehicle, in the tank. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, go, it, it's you're not going to. It's not going to run just on prayer. I haven't changed my oil. You yep. know, it broke down. Well, Lord's trying to tell you, you? Need to change your oil. You need to take care of what you have. You need to take care of it. And some things. Don't last forever. And we're talking about buying a vehicle pretty soon and, you know, when we get it, we'll be excited, we'll think it's great, but before long, it'll be a piece of junk. I'm gonna to try to do what I can to keep it nice for as long as I can, but it's made out of metal and stuff and rust and it will corrupt it and deteriorate it and it will eventually fall apart and be no good. And you think about, you go drive by a junkyard and you look at every one of those vehicles out there. At one time, they were somebody's dream vehicle. Somebody bought it new and drove that thing off the lot and thought they were the stud of the world. And now they don't care about it. They don't go and buy and visit it in the graveyard for vehicles. It's it's there and it's gone. Things aren't going to last forever. Your kids are going to grow out of their clothes. The things in your house aren't going to work forever. And these things are going to come and you got you gotta save. I remember, you know, when uh back when we had just paid off our debt, and we had paid off all our debt, we were all excited, and we were able to save start saving more money faster. We had a little bit saved and we were starting to save faster, and I remember all of a sudden we had to get new tires for our vehicle. And at one time we'd been panicking, thinking, Oh, we're gonna have to use a credit card. But you know what? We had the money for it. We were able to take care of it. And we didn't get all stressed out about it. We weren't wringing our hands and wailing and wondering why God was allowing this to happen to good people like us. It just, we, 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 it was taken care of. Why? And God took care of it. Because we followed God's principles with paying what we owed in saving. And saving your money is a very important thing to do. As a church, we want we want to do that here. We want to save money. Looks like at this building. We got a nice building, but stuff's gonna conk out. Stuff has conked out. We've had to pay money to fix it up. And it's no fun. I wish we could just let the money sit there in the bank and feel comfortable and you know make us feel good, but we got we gotta use some of it. And we can't go and there's things out there we'd like to get right now that right now the money is sitting there where we we could go pay cash for it. But then, if something conks out around here, what are we going to do? Now we're in trouble because we don't have any money. And, uh, saving money, it is biblical to do that. I think Proverbs 21, 20 is a good example of that. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11 that we read, a good example of that. And prepare what we, for what you know should be coming. And then the third thing, and this is the last one we're going to talk about tonight, but have a written budget. Have a written budget you know most people if you went to them and asked them how much are you spending on you know i'm not going to do that to anybody it's it's none of my business what you spend on different things but if you were to go ask people they can't tell you hey what percentage of your money is going towards housing you know what percentage of your money is going towards food they, they don't know how much do you spend they don't know and well, where's your tithe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't know where any of their money's going because they're not planning for anything. And in Luke chapter sixteen, verse one says, "said He said unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward. Remember, we're stewards of what God's given us. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called to him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship." for thou mayest be no longer steward. And then it goes on and it talks about what this man did to kind of prepare himself to be received by these people he owed money to. And it's it's really trying to teach another lesson here. But I want you to notice how he asked the steward something that was not an inappropriate question. He said, or he didn't really ask him, he told him, he said, give an account of thy stewardship. Where's my money been going? Where is it? And So God's not going to show up at your doorstep and say, where's my money been going? But if you were asked that question, because we are stewards of God's money, where is it it going? And the Bible doesn't give us uh, numbers as far as uh, how much we should spend on each thing. Tommy, come come here and pass these out. Uh, Some of the things I've read... It kind of gives some percentages on what you should be spending in different areas. And I challenge you to take one of these and just look at it and and maybe use it as a gauge for yourself. If you're spending a little more on some of these things, I'm not saying that you're a bad Christian. But most people, they don't have any idea what they should be spending on certain areas. But what I did, I uh, the budget, it's an average household income in Rock Falls. According to that website I was on, it's $32,000 a year. So if you're making $32,000 a year, that's 2700 a month. So you you should be tithing 270. dollars uh, this person in the book I read, they had offerings too, another 10%. I, I don't think that's necessarily unreasonable. You know, it's you ought to give have uh, be given towards missions and just extra things like that. Savings, you said save 10%, housing 25% your house payment. Okay? If you if you're making Twenty seven hundred a month, and you're paying twelve hundred or thirteen hundred and fifty a month on your house. You bought too nice of a house for your income, okay? And most people agree about a fourth of your take home should be what your house payment is. In you know, in this case, it would be six hundred and seventy five dollars. If you're making more than thirty two thousand dollars a year, figure out what twenty five percent is of that. You know, lifestyle, clothes. That's clothing, eating out. Things like that, the extra stuff, the fun stuff. I guess you could say they put down 10%. I think a lot of people are spending a lot more on that. You know, they'll go, you know, have a Friday night, and they'll spend more than 10% of their income. Let's in the bars, you know, going to the movies, and all these things that are really just a waste of money. And then household expenses, food—that's a big one. Uh, that's that's always a big percentage, especially. And some of these vary too. Okay, we're our family. We're probably going to spend a bigger percentage on food. Than other families because there's a lot more of us. <laughs> but um, these are just some examples. I, I, I challenge you to go and just look at where your money's going, and ask yourself, you know, how, how much am I spending on these areas? You know, I've got 50% going to housing. Maybe that's why I can't afford to give my tithes and offerings. Maybe that's why we can't afford to save anything, and we just can't seem to get ahead. And then that, then you can ask yourself the question: You know, do I need to start cutting back? on certain things. That's one of the things that we had to do. When we did that, it was very eye-opening for us. And unfortunately for us, when we actually got on a budget, it was after I had quit working at Walmart, I went full-time at the church, and we were making a lot less money. And yet, we still budgeted in quite a bit of stuff we were like, now wait a minute, we were making this much more before, how come we weren't making it then? And honestly, to this day, I have no idea why. Because we didn't have a budget. It was just kind of hey, you know, was just money going here and there and everywhere. And that is dangerous. We ought to be able to give an account of our stewardship. We don't want to be wasteful with what God has entrusted us. So I said I am for having fun with stuff. I'm not against. I mean if you want to go out and you want to spend a bunch of money on a nice dinner, if you want to go and buy you know, your wife some nice jewelry or something like that, hey, that's that's fine. But make sure you're paying your bills. Make sure you're saving your money. Uh, you know, Don't go spending everything you have on those things. You, sometimes you have to save for these things. you got to plan for these things. You're going to have to have a little bit of patience. But that budget, it will help prepare for the future and it will help prepare you for the future by controlling your present behavior so you know we're, we're early into 2014 we just sat down you know and we kind of prepared what we expected to have come in and what we know is going to be going out for the year and we looked at it and said there's we know there's big things that are coming you know our, our school books we have to buy for the kids and it costs a lot of money and if we don't prepare for those things so if we just look at this week hey look this week we're in the black you know we've got Three hundred dollars extra. You know, let's go. Let's go shopping. But we, now we have that budget. We can also look at the next month. Wait a minute. Next month, if we go spend that three hundred, we're going to be three hundred in the hole. And it controls our behavior. It it prepares us. And people today, they're not doing that at all. Hey, I, I got money today. I'll go spend it. And sometimes, I mean, people that. Are just struggling to pay their bills. I don't know how I'm going to pay my gas bill. I am flat busted broke. I don't have a dime to my name. And then all of a sudden they get their hands on some money, and they're going out and buying video games. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you did Well, I got I got some money. would you take take care of that bill? Oh no, nah, not yet. We well, might want to take care of that before you go buy another video game. You might want to take care of it before you go buying junk, but. No preparations. And finances, I think it's a biblical thing to get them in order, and it will help your family so much. It will relieve so much tension. It will relieve so much stress. And it's easier said than done. I'm going to steal a quote. I didn't come up with this. But when it comes to finances, you think, well, I'm not real smart. You don't have to be smart. They say it's only 10% head knowledge, 90% behavior. It's all about the behavior. You don't have to be a financial whiz. You don't have to be a financial genius. You don't have to, you just have to be able to control yourself. And let me tell you, you've got everything working against you when it comes to finances through just all the advertisements, the TV commercials. Everything is geared towards getting your money away from you. You go watch TV. It's all advertising stuff trying, they're trying to get your money. Hey, it only costs $100 a month. Oh man. Car commercials. They want your money. The government. They want your money. You're at church tonight. They want your money. (laughs) Everybody's everybody's coming after you with these things. I mean, you are going to be bombarded with it. Billboards. Okay, there's billboards all over the place. Pictures, you know, signs. All the businesses are always right in the main street, aren't they? Because they want you to see them so they can put on their sign some deal so you'll see it and you'll go in there and you'll buy it. When you go into Walmart, you know, they set everything up. So, you know, the stuff they really want you to buy, it's all there in the main aisles. They position everything a certain way where they expect you to notice the thing where they're going to make the most money off you. I mean, it's all figured out. They've they've studied every bit of it. They know how we think and they are doing everything they can to get every cent they can out of us. That's what we're up against, and if we're gonna fight that stuff, we've got to. You've got to prepare. You've got to be ready. You got to plan little things like before you go. Before you go to the grocery store to buy groceries, eat first. Eat before you go grocery shopping. When you are hungry in the grocery store, you are gonna spend a lot more money than you want to spend because everything looks good and it just doesn't seem as expensive when you're really hungry. But you, if you go when you're full you'll control yourself a lot better. I'm telling you that would probably save people 20, 30 dollars a trip if they would just eat before they went there. Go to McDonald's and fill yourself up on dollar menu stuff. <laughs> and you will save a fortune. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do, but you got to prepare, you got to plan. It's not easy. It's not easy. When I was looking at all the statistics for this area, this, you know, we're not living in a wealthy area. And it's, it's not easy these days. You know, gas prices are horrible. We're going through this terrible winter. You know, electric and heating bills are through the roof right now. It, it's tough. It's, it's hard to make ends meet these days. I know in Obama's State of the Union address, he made it sound like the country is just on fire and we're moving forward and things are going great. And then a couple weeks later, they released the latest jobs numbers and it's terrible. But, uh, it is, it's tough right now. It's, it's really, really tough. But you know, I don't see anywhere in the Bible when it says, "When tough time comes, all the rules go out the window." Now you don't need to save. Now you don't need to give. Now you don't need to do a budget. No, that's we need to do all these things for when the tough times come. Right now are the times. If if we're following God's plan, these these are the times it pays off. We are the ones that will survive and that will get and we'll get through them. Because we've done what God says. We've, we've prepared. But if we haven't, like we talked about this morning, in the paths of righteousness, if we're not on the paths of righteousness in our finances, if you're dependent on the off-track vetting facility to help you to get ahead, or the casino, you can't claim these promises. That's one of the devourers that will get you. God, I, I love that verse. He will rebuke the devourer. Have you ever asked yourself, where is all my money going? The devourer is getting it, and I guarantee. I guarantee you, this cold weather—it's devouring some of our money. So we just got our electric bill; wasn't pretty. And you know, I believe God's going to provide and God's going to take care of us. But you know what? Maybe uh, it's going to hurt the whole country, the whole that's dealing with this. I guarantee you, a lot of people are going to have problems. And you know what? Our God in this country is money. People—they do not give to churches and charitable organizations like they used to, not at all. And our country is going down the tank financially. And I believe God is allowing the devourer. He's letting it loose on our country. And God will take care of His people that do the right thing, but I'd love to see a revival in this area. Not just so our church can benefit. It will benefit everyone if they would do that. And I'm tired of people getting offended and acting like we're terrible when we talk talk about giving money to the house of God. It's not. It will help you. It will help you, no doubt in my mind. If it won't, God's a liar. And we know that's not the case. So with that, let's go ahead and stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed.